This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Brojo Online. And today we're going to be having a look at confrontations, assertiveness, and maintaining your boundaries. Before we get into that, a big thank you and a welcome to all our Improvement Academy members and, of course, to all the Brojo folk and anybody else who's watching this video. Thanks for coming along. Today's topic is its an epic one. It really speaks to the heart for me because for most of my life, I had a crippling fear and anxiety around conflict, around confrontations. And so many of the people I work with Uh, The clients I have and the people I meet just in everyday life who I talk to about confrontations, they struggle with this too. And what I see is they struggle in one of two ways. They either avoid it because of fear or the way they deal with confrontations is really unhelpful and creates really negative results in terms of relationships. So today we're going to be tackling this rather terrifying issue for a lot of people. We're going to have a look at how confrontation is necessary for a relationship, how relationships suffer when they don't have it. And we're going to have a look at how you suffer when you don't maintain your boundaries. But most importantly, we're going to have a look at how to actually do this, how you can have a confrontation, maintain your boundaries, set yourself up for self-respect without harming people, without being uh, aggressive or dominant. We're going to have a look at how you can maintain boundaries And yet everybody else can walk away from this unharmed. So let's have a, let's start by having a look at what boundaries actually are. When we talk about boundaries, we're talking about defining the rules, the limitations, the expectations that govern a relationship between you and the world. We're talking about the fence that if you cross it, you're no longer living by your values. And if somebody else crosses it, they're disrespecting your values. We're talking about that line, that imaginary line that can only be defined by behavior. We're going to have a look at the difference in boundary tolerance between something that's just a mild annoyance through to something that really is make or break for a relationship. We're going to have a look at how important it is that you know what the difference is there and how to either let things go that don't matter or stand up for the things that do matter. As a default, what I'll be saying for right now, if you have a problem with confrontation, is stand up for everything, whether you think it matters or not, and then work backward from there, start to bring it down a level from there. Because one of your biggest excuses right now will be like, oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth the hassle. I shouldn't bother. Don't rock the boat. You know, pick your battles. There'll be those kind of noises and excuses that go through your mind that prevent you from setting boundaries. And all of that is just bullshit created by fear. When we talk about boundaries, we're talking about respect, the value of respect. And it's not about getting respect from others, though this will happen. It's about you respecting yourself. It's the only kind of respect that really matters. Somebody else respecting you is a mild external validation that only lasts temporarily and can be taken away. We're talking about that time where we're talking about getting to that point where even if no one else respected you, you respect yourself. Where you look in the mirror metaphorically or 
even uh, in reality, and you like what you see. Like that, that's someone I can be proud to be. That's someone who looks after me. It's where you can trust yourself to take care of yourself, to maintain boundaries in the face of challenges, to stand up for yourself. When you stand up for yourself, you give yourself worthiness. You're saying, I am worth standing up for. My place in this world and this universe is mine. I, I deserve it. I'm going to fight for it. So when we talk about boundary setting, when we talk about confrontations and conflict, I want you to keep that word respect in your mind. And I really want you to to focus on the definition. It's not about making someone else respect you. It's about you respecting yourself. You cannot make somebody else do anything. You can try. You can manipulate and influence and push and pull and Use all kinds of bullshit to try and make someone respect you. But ultimately, it's out of your control. Ultimately, even if you had succeeded in it, they can take it away the next day. The only control over respect you have is the respect you have for yourself. And we're going to have a look at how to use confrontation to increase that respect. So why do we need boundaries? Why do we need to enforce them? It sets a precedent. For behavior. When you set boundaries and expectations with someone, you're letting them know what you expect. You're letting them know what being in a relationship with you requires, what the make or break factors are. You're giving them an invitation to respect you. And you're also clearly defining the boundaries for yourself in terms of what you will tolerate and not tolerate, what you will accept and not accept. So if you do this early on, if you do this at the beginning, then it's very easy to correct any boundary crosses, which always occur, and also to quickly identify somebody who does not respect you and get that person out of your life as quickly as possible. If you do not, put it this way, whenever you interact with someone, you're setting a precedent. Every single thing you do sets a precedent. It sets the agreement for your relationship every time you engage or interact with someone. So if you're being a little bit nice and polite to someone when you first meet them because you're like, well, it's no point disagreeing with them now, you know, we just met. What you're really saying is from now on, I'm going to put up with your bullshit. Everything you do now, unless it's changed, is how it's going to continue. So boundary setting sets a precedent and the lack of boundary setting also sets that precedent. If you let someone walk over you the first time you meet them, you're basically saying our relationship is about you walking over me from now on. You know this is true. There's so many times you put off setting boundaries and you've suffered because of it. That person has disrespected you from day one because you didn't respect yourself on day one. And every time you have an excuse, every time you have a reason not to enforce the boundary, but it's always bullshit. Let's say you're in a taxi. And the taxi driver is being really racist. And you're thinking, well, I'm never going to see this guy again. What's the point? I'm not going to fight for what I believe in. You know, I'll just let it go. But you walk away and you get that yuck feeling in your gut, that guilt, that disrespect for yourself, for letting him disrespect your boundaries, your values, simply because you didn't want to fight, simply because you were afraid. 
You lose respect for yourself, even though you're never going to see him again. It was never about him. It was always about you. So if you don't enforce boundaries, you can expect and you should accept harmful behavior to continue and escalate. If you don't stand up for yourself, then you've got no excuse for other people's behavior. If you don't stand up for yourself, you are inviting them to crush you. And you can't blame them for that. You've created the space for them to do it. Now, some people will see that you've done that and they'll choose to respect you anyway, but most won't. Most people are a force expanding outwards, and if there's nothing to stop that force, it continues and it dominates and crushes. There was a uh, a friend of mine, this girl, and she was in a relationship with a super Mr. Nice guy. And she says, I don't want to crush him, but I can't help myself. He won't push back. She said, I can feel myself pushing the thumb down on top of him, and I don't want to be doing it, but because he doesn't push back, I do it even more. And then I get to the end, I've totally crushed him, I totally own him, and I can't respect him at all, I've lost all attraction for him. She could not help but disrespect him because he didn't respect himself. You create the reality. If you don't respect yourself, others can't. They just can't. There's no evidence for them to base that respect on. They can see it, they can smell it. As soon as you walk in the room, they know it doesn't exist. And this part of them, this dominant part of them, just automatically starts to disrespect you. It just believes what you believe. Safety. We feel unsafe when our boundaries are crossed, and we feel unsafe when someone we are with does not define boundaries. Boundaries are the fence. They're a protective wall of your fort. They keep you safe. They may not stop someone from disrespecting you, but because you respect yourself, you won't feel any harm from their disrespect. And you know it, when you're with someone else who doesn't have boundaries, when they're okay with everything, you have no idea what bothers them because they never talk about being bothered, it really feels uncomfortable. You, you feel like you start tiptoeing around the person because you just can't trust them. It's the amazing thing about trust. Somebody will not believe your compliments until you insult them. <laughs> Somebody won't believe the good things you say about them unless they believe that you're going to be honest about the things you don't like. If you don't show someone that any part of their behavior is less than what you approve of, they're going to find it difficult to believe the behavior you do approve of. They're going to find it difficult to believe that approval, I should say. If you're like, God, you look great and everything about you is awesome and you've never done anything wrong in your life, I am so happy to be around you 100% of the time, 24-7 without fail. They're not going to believe that. But all you have to do is just once and say, except for when you do this, that really gets on my wick. I, you know, I get really frustrated when you do that. Then they'll be like, oh, okay, so the other stuff is real. You know, he's willing to lose me because he's set that boundary. He's made a make or break thing really clear with me. So that means the other stuff must be coming from a place of truth. They will have that assumption. I hear, especially men, they complain, oh, you know, I compliment my woman, but she doesn't believe me. She always fights against it. Odds are it's because you don't set boundaries. She can't believe your compliment because she, you've never actually given her any negative feedback about her behavior. How is she supposed to believe the positive when there's nothing to compare it to? There's no truth kind of precedent set. Right? This was a mind-blowing factor for me, and it's one of the key things I want you to keep in mind. For most of my life, I didn't believe that confrontations were healthy. 
I was in my first relationship, but went for two and a half years and we never had a single fight. No, that's not right. We had one. It wasn't even a fight. It was me storming out and sulking. It wasn't even a fight. And I prided myself on this. I'd look at all these other couples I knew having their arguments and I'd see them break up and go, ah, it's because they're arguing all the time without any awareness of how much healthier their relationships were than mine. Two and a half years, we never had an argument. Or should I say two and a half years, I avoided any opportunity to have a confrontation by being too nice. That was the truth. It wasn't that we didn't have an argument. It's why I didn't let one happen. She wanted to plenty of times. And all I had to do was agree with her and there'd be no chance of a confrontation. So I just kept agreeing with everything. It was easy. I made it out like nothing bothered me. It was easy. And this bitter resentment just built up inside me. One grain of sand at a time. And eventually it built up inside her too. And that's what ended the relationship. If you are right now in any sort of friendship or connection that does not have conflict, I guarantee you it's doomed. It is doomed because boundaries are not being set. A friend of mine just ended a nine-year marriage or nine-year relationship with a marriage. Uh, and one of the things right up until the end he used to go on about is we never fight. He was proud of it. And I used to shake my head thinking, God, you guys are doomed. It doesn't mean you have to have big raging emotional conflicts for a relationship to be healthy. Quite often that is unhealthy too. One extreme is not more healthy than another extreme. But about understanding that if you do not have any sort of emotional disagreement, then boundaries aren't being set almost every time. Why do we need to enforce boundaries? It helps us measure whether or not the other person respects us. We set boundaries, we can clearly see if they're being crossed. If we don't, we don't really know what the other person is like. If we allow people to walk all over us, we don't know if they're a dick or not. We've created that situation. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. If you become a doormat, people will walk on you. Good people will walk all over you. So if you set boundaries and then that person who you know has clearly established the boundary with, you've said, do you understand me? And they say yes, and then they do it anyway. You know they don't respect you. And you get to make a decision now. Do I want this kind of person in my life? Is this something that needs a minor correction? Or is this person just not aligned with my values? Is this person toxic and needs to be removed from my life? Without boundaries, it's very hard to make that measurement. And without boundaries, it's very hard to find the motivation and courage to end a connection with someone. You're feeling like someone's walking all over you, but you can't define why they have that feeling. It's really hard to build up the, the courage to end it because you'll think it's about you. When you're like, you know, I've told him three times not to talk about me behind my back and this has happened again. Fuck this guy. You know. As I mentioned before, continuous disrespect builds resentment. That uh, there was a study done, there's a longitudinal study done on uh, on relationships and what ends them, and contempt. Contempt was the number one factor. If you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, he talks about this whole thing. This guy who reads faces when couples talk to each other. And they came to the conclusion that contempt was the absolute worst thing for a relationship uh, and contempt comes from resentment as you build up resentment from, from someone you know you start to you start to have contempt for them 
And often this resentment eventually spills over. So those walls you had around it, keeping it in, when you like bite your tongue and hold yourself back, eventually you're not going to have the strength to do that anymore. And it's going to come out. And every little thing that ever bothered you about that person has stuck to the every other little thing and become this big fucking thing. And you see it in relationships. Somebody at work will just explode. I had this... Uh, there was some redundancies or was a restructure at my old job and people were being moved around and stuff and this. And some of us had to apply for our jobs again and all this. And this woman had a heart attack when it happened. We were all in the office. I remember this. I mean, a literal heart attack. I'm not being facetious here. I just hear the screeching in the office and we're all looking at each other like what the fuck is that noise you know we're in this nice sort of executive office we'd never heard screeching there before and this woman just lost her shit completely when she was she had just been in the meeting where they told her you know your job's one of the ones that's being restructured you're gonna have to reapply for it and so on and she just lost her mind uh, and by the time she got down to the lobby after storming out she actually had a proper heart attack they called an ambulance that is a result of built-up resentment, without a doubt. I know that woman fairly well, and I could see her pretending to be professional every day. Oh, yeah, All that stuff you do to hide the, the things that bother you. She was doing it all the time to try and climb that career ladder. And then when it finally happened, when finally said, hey, all that stuff you've been doing wasn't worthwhile, she exploded. And it almost killed her. Often you see this, this build-up of resentment leads to a relationship-ending explosion. I see this with so many of the, the nice guys that I work with is that they hold it in, they hold it in, they hold it in, and then one day there's too many crumbs on the bench or something and the guy just loses his shit and destroys the relationship completely. It can go really extreme. I've seen it end in murder. When you don't respect yourself, that resentment is really about you. You'll personify it on them. You'll say it's their behavior that bothers you. So they're the ones who disrespect me. They're the bad person. But really, that's just a story you tell yourself to avoid the guilt of the real understanding, which is you don't respect yourself. You're allowing them to behave that way. That's where the resentments come from. You looking at yourself and going, you pussy. You're letting this happen. Now, you don't want to admit that, do you? None of us do. So you start making it about them. You're like, oh, they're the ones who are always doing this. They're always doing that, you know. I really quietly almost asked her not to once, and she's still doing it. It's you. Respect is only about you. You need to understand that. The reason that you're going to choose to have uncomfortable conflicts, the reason that you're going to get into confrontations on purpose and you're going to allow people to cry and scream and have a big reaction is so that you can respect yourself. That's why you're going to let this happen. Or you can choose not to, like you have been probably. If that's the case, fine. But don't pretend it's about them. Understand that resentment you feel is towards yourself. If you want to live with that resentment, fine. But don't blame them. That's not their fault. Sorting out differences when they first arise, nipping things in the bud early, saves so much time and hassle later on. There'll be so many times where you think, oh, this isn't worth having an argument about, or I don't want to ruin this good day by bringing up this little thing. What you're doing is you're planting a seed that will grow into a big, toxic, fucked up plant. And then you have to really get out the equipment to deal with it. You know, So so often, having a confrontation and forcing a boundary, it might seem like overkill for the thing, 
but you're squashing something that needs to be squashed early because by the time it gets big, it's unmanageable. Anything that builds up that bitterness and resentment between each other, if you don't knock that on the head early, the thing is, with a confrontation, as we'll talk about later, it doesn't even need to change the behavior. They might keep doing that thing. It's the you getting out that you're annoyed by it, about it that keeps the resentment down. They leave the toilet seat down or you leave the toilet seat up. That doesn't actually need to change for you to enjoy your life. It's not actually a breach of your values. It just annoys you. But if you don't talk about it, suddenly it becomes the reason your relationship's not working. You know, they, they just don't respect me. They leave the fucking seat down. God, fucking. And this huge thing builds up over the years. When in reality, you could just be like, you know what, it annoys me when you leave the seat down. You can keep doing it because it's not a big deal. If I didn't say it annoyed me, you know, I'd be really resentful. And it gets it out of your head. It gets it out of your system. It empties the cup of resentment gets you back to zero. That cup will keep filling up and you just keep emptying it with confrontations. You don't empty it, eventually it gets so full you don't even know what bothered you in the first place. You just know you fucking hate this person now. You hate everything about them, you just wish they would die, and you don't know why. And it was, all it was was a toilet seat. All it was was crumbs on the bench. All it was was being a bit late and disorganized. These little things that you let build up into a massive thing. So that's why we need to enforce boundaries. Essentially, all the problems you're having in your relationships can almost always be tracked back to poor boundary setting or the lack thereof. And the reason we do not have boundary setting most of the time or good boundary setting is because we're afraid of conflict. We're afraid of how the other person's going to react and we're, gonna, we're afraid of what their reaction will do to us. We like to tell ourselves stories about how we don't want to hurt other people and how we don't want to be a dick and how it's not a big deal. And these are all lies. They're lies we tell ourselves because we're like, hey, I'm afraid of what's going to happen when I actually stand up for myself. I'm afraid I won't be able to handle that situation. I'm afraid they won't and I won't be able to handle that they can't. And on and on. And this is one of the key things I want you to get to. It's one of the key things I had to get to. I used to tell myself the story that not having a confrontation was me being good to people. It was me being unselfish or something. You know, it's the story about how I don't harm people. But the amount of harm I caused by not setting boundaries was so immeasurably immense. When you don't set boundaries, you're just creating this massive harmful world that everyone's trapped in. It's only a matter of time before an explosion occurs and serious, serious harm is caused. You think about it this way. Let's say you don't set boundaries with a friend. They walk all over you. And you can handle it. It's not a huge pain for you in your life. But now you've taught them to be entitled to walk all over people. Because you didn't stand up for yourself, they think it's okay to behave like this. And so they do it in their next relationship. They do it when they meet new people. They do it at work. They get fired. The relationship ends. Their friends don't want to talk to them anymore. And all because you wouldn't teach them a lesson. The amount of harm you cause when you don't set boundaries is massive. So don't pretend to yourself that you're doing any favors here. The only person you're protecting with this is your own ego. And you're not even doing that very well because that resentment's going to crush you later. Confrontations were my biggest fear for most of my life. And they were also, or the lack of facing them, was the biggest problem-causing factor in my life. I was afraid of them. 
And in my fear, I created a situation where they had to keep happening. And so I kept avoiding them. And my life just got worse and worse and worse socially. Most importantly, my respect for myself just went down to zero and then went even further. I started to actively disrespect myself. You could see it in my behavior. Smoking, binge drinking, binge eating. I was punishing myself. I was bullying myself because I didn't respect myself. And you can see this. You, because you don't respect yourself, you behave the way other people who don't respect you behave. You start to actually be mean to yourself because you don't respect yourself. And the reason you don't respect yourself is because you don't main, maintain boundaries properly. I'd like to separate two words to help us describe the difference between what I call a confrontation, which is you assertively maintaining your boundaries, living by the value of respect, and a conflict, which is the emotional reaction to that happening. Quite often we think the two are the same thing. If I stand up for myself, it causes a big problem. I want to help separate those two concepts. You stand up for yourself. Any reaction that occurs after that is a separate issue. It's related. This happened, then this happened. But it's not cause and effect. If I stand up for myself for somebody who values respect, they're not going to have an emotional reaction to that. They'll just be like, good for you. Good for you standing up for yourself. If I'd stand up for myself in the exact same way to someone who's insecure and needy, they'll have an explosion, a massive conflict. Why would you talk to me like that? blah de blah Now, those two different reactions tells me that the confrontation itself is a separate issue. Their reactions are subjective. They're individual reactions. And then my reaction to their reaction is an individual thing as well. The confrontation itself is simply, hey, this is my boundary. Here's an invitation to respect it. How they res respond after that is a completely separate issue. And you're going to find confrontations a lot easier to deal with once you understand this. Once you understand that once you've set your boundary, you've actually got a choice where you don't have to deal with their conflict afterwards. If they have a conflict with you seeing their, your boundary, that's up to them. Now, you can help them with it if you care about them, but you also have the option not to. You can say, here's my boundary, and they go, well, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And you go, well, I've said what I have to say, bye. And you leave. You let them rage. And if they keep raging, you cut them out of your life. We're going to get to that. Let's have a look at separating these things, a confrontation and a conflict. Confrontation is a direct and open expression of your boundaries. You're simply being truthful with somebody. You're not even telling them to change their behavior. You're asking them to, but you're not telling them they have to. You're simply saying what behavior you'd prefer to see from them if they want to maintain a relationship from you. It's the limit of your tolerance for a specific behavior. You say, in order for me to live by my values, in order for me to accept someone else in my life, I need these behaviors to change. It's often delivered very calm and very rational, or it can be if you can separate it from conflict. So if you can go, you know what, I'm just going to tell them what I believe is true about the value of respect for me right now. Based on what I've seen, I, you know, my feelings of anger and resentment and frustration, I can tell that the behavior I've seen from them doesn't align with my value of respect. I'm going to tell them about that. It's just I'm just sharing information about me with them. It's an invitation for them to change their behavior if they want to, if they want to have a good relationship with me. Conflict. On the other hand, is when someone becomes emotionally attached to winning the argument, to 
their insecurities. Conflict happens when somebody takes that truth personally. When I say to you, hey, you know, when you spilled the milk on the carpet and you didn't clean it up and the house started to stink, you know, that, that was really bothered me. You know, I was quite bothered by that. And uh, I prefer that next time you clean something up, like straight away, because, you know, we both got to live here. Now, if they're like, well, fuck you, you didn't clean up the milk when you did the bloody, bloody, blah, and they start trying to find a way to win for me to be the loser in this, we are now no longer having a confrontation, we're having a conflict. This person is now in conflict, they're now trying to win, this is a war for them now. Because of their insecurities, because of the deep fear they have around what they connect to losing this, losing face, losing the argument, losing points, they're fighting now. Now, I don't actually have to fight with them. That's a choice I'm now facing. I can either see them and go, well, they're having a conflict, or I can take it personally like they just did. They took what I said as being some sort of attack on them, but it wasn't. It was just me talking about the truth. It's never an attack. It's me just stating facts, inviting them to change, but not telling them they have to. For them to take it personally means they decided that what I actually said was you're a bad person. They've made that up in their heads. And if I buy into that story, then we're going to have a conflict and this is not going to go anywhere helpful. Right? Conflict loses relevance to the original topic. It just becomes about emotional point scoring. Conflict is about when you go, okay, he said that I spilled the milk. What can I say about him to get this even? What can I, what can I say about him to make me winning? Not, okay, this is about spilling the milk and this one small piece of behavior that he doesn't like. This is about me versus you now. That's what a conflict is. And when you can see this happening, you don't have to get involved. You can be like, oh, I can see you've taken this personally. Can you tell me a bit more about that? You know, it's interesting. I was talking about the milk and now you seem to feel like we're having a fight between each other. I thought we were talking about milk. What are you talking about? You can start exploring their conflict and keep putting the conflict back on them. Well, you never blah, blah, blah. Well, I can see you're really angry. Rather than like, yes, I did, and start defending yourself and becoming part of the, the actual war. The other person will try to make it personal to create a conflict. When they're in a conflict, they're going to make this about you and them, not about the issue at hand, the third party thing. And all you have to do is keep coming back to the issue at hand and ignore the attempts to create this personal conflict. Where someone's like, how could you say that about me? I was like, what do you mean about you? I was talking about the milk. I haven't said anything about you. You know, when the milk was spilled by you, I uh, I had a reaction to that. I'm just telling you about my reaction to the milk being spilled. You know, I thought you might want to do something differently about that. How's that about you? Well, you you come in here, I'm trying to work, bloody, bloody, blah. You're like, yep, I can see you're really angry. Tell me about that anger. We can talk about it. That's if you care about someone. The other option is, well, I've told you about the milk. It's up to you what you do from here. Bye. And you leave. Neither of those options require you to become involved in the, in the conflict. When somebody says, well, you did this and you did that and you did this, you're going to feel this compulsion to go, no, I didn't because of this, this, and this. Or you can just say, yeah, we're not talking about those things. We're talking about the milk. You know, those things, they're irrelevant. You can bring them up later if you want. This conversation is about the milk. 
We'll come back to those. You know, <clears throat> or you can simply call it out. Look, it seems like you're trying to make this personal when really it's about milk. You know, so let's get back to milk. If you don't want to, I'll come back later. And then keep bringing it back to understanding that you're not going to play this war. There's nothing for you to defend. As soon as you defend yourself, you've already lost. As soon as you try to change the other person, you've already lost. Because you've become a conflict. And nothing really productive comes from conflict. Usually a conflict has to resolve back to a confrontation before anything can happen. The conflict was a waste of time. Conflict's often caused by a sense of unfairness. Somebody's hidden expectations were not met. So it's when you see the milk being spilt and you think, well, you know, I cleaned the kitchen the other day. I would have thought at the very least they should, blah, blah, blah. That's conflict. That's you having hidden expectations that you didn't express clearly. You didn't set clear boundaries to begin with. You didn't tell them what you expected from their behavior. And now you're holding them to account for this hidden expectation. That's not fair on them. That's a disrespect to yourself. You want to hold someone to account, they need to know what they're being held to account for. And they need to know before they get in trouble. You remember being a child and some of the rules you had to learn by getting into trouble? How unfair that felt? You didn't even know what you were doing was wrong and then you're punished for it? And that's how you learn it's wrong? Even some, even back then, some part of you thought, you know, maybe you should have to tell me that something's wrong before you can punish me for it. You know, give me a chance to obey the rules before you tell me I've broken them. This is the same thing we do to each other as we grow up. Have these hidden rules for people that they don't know about. We think they should know about it because we know about them. But that's a bullshit fallacy. You think other people think the way you do? They don't. You think it's normal? It isn't. You made it up. Your world is a completely subjective, unique thing that nobody else knows about. Stop pretending that other people know about it. Stop lying to yourself. Somebody crosses your boundaries, your first thing you have to ask yourself is, did they know I had that boundary? Did I give them the best possible chance to understand that that boundary exists for me? If the answer is no, well, then that's the first thing you've got to do. Hey, your behavior crossed a boundary. You don't know this, but I've actually got this thing about respect, and that's what I deem to be disrespect. So I know you probably didn't mean to, but you know, just so you know for the future, that's, that's something I get, you know, I have a frustrated reaction to when that thing happens. Conflict is a sign that one person is feeling threatened and insecure. They feel under attack. One of the key things to understand about this, you know, you're worried about hurting other people. You can't. You can't hurt them. Not with setting boundaries. Not, the truth can't hurt somebody. Only their reaction can hurt them, and their reaction has nothing to do with you. Let's say I set a boundary with somebody who's very confident and sure of themselves. I say to them, um, look, when it comes to... I'm going to make something up now. Now, the other day, uh, we were in front of some people and you called me a loser in like a joking way. Uh, yeah, I, I had like quite a quite an embarrassed reaction to that. And in the future, <coughs> excuse me, in the future, I'd prefer that you, you know, didn't call me out in front of the group like that. Now, a confident person would be like, oh, fair enough, you know. I was just having a laugh, but uh, I can see it's not really how you do things, so I'll keep that in mind. An insecure person, somebody who feels threatened, they might react differently. They might be like, oh, come on, mate, can't you take a joke? Now, that little bit where they refuse to respect you, that's got nothing to do with you. 
their whole life has led up to this moment. Maybe when they are a child, their father gave them heaps of shit about being a pussy. And so they think anybody who stands up for themselves is just being a pussy. Somebody can't handle, you know, and they don't want to be, be seen as that. Maybe they've got this deep insecurity about other people liking them. Maybe they've got this deep insecurity about trying to dominate others and they see this as an opportunity to dominate you. They want to feed that insecurity. You weren't there for any of that stuff being created, were you? So how can you take responsibility for it? How can you take responsibility for that harm? How can you take the blame? One thing to always keep in mind is when you go to stand up for yourself and you're worried it's going to hurt someone, you can ask yourself, if I was to do this to someone who was confident and secure in themselves, would they be harmed by it? And if the answer is no, then you know it's got nothing to do with you. You can't hurt someone else. They can only hurt themselves. Somebody else can't hurt you either. You think they can. You think that they like, oh, they said that mean stuff to me. That hurt me. No, no, no. Your inability to deal with it is what hurt you. Some, let's say, um, you know, the, we're, we're living in the age of being offended, you know. It used to be your biggest problem was getting drafted for a war, and now your biggest problem is being offended on Facebook, you know. God, I wonder how the future's going to look at us. It's embarrassing. So being offended, this is a great way that, um, a great excuse for us to not set boundaries. We think it will offend somebody else. I shouldn't offend somebody. For you to be offended, you must have a belief that the thing that's being said or expressed is offensive. That belief must exist beforehand. Let me put it this way. Let's say I make up a new insult. Um, here, we've got, a, we've got a stapler here, right? So let's say I come up and I'm like, oh, dude, you're such a stapler. You are, you've got to be one of the biggest staplers I've ever met. If you have no meaning besides this being just a piece of office equipment, you can't take offense to that. You won't feel offended. You know, you'll just be confused if anything. Like, why are you calling me a stapler? Is that a good thing? I don't, I, what is this? Now, if I was to first explain to you, you know, when you call someone a stapler, it means they're just the biggest loser ever. They're such a dickhead. And then I call you a stapler, you'll become offended. So the funniest thing here is that the offense happens from the meaning you already had attached. You offend yourself. They offend themselves. Even if you say something really designed to be as hurtful as possible, a word that you know is going to offend them. You know, you choose your word carefully. The only way that they can be offended by that is if they're insecure. You can see this like, you take like a racist term like nigger. Yeah. Really harmful word. It's a word that a lot of people just cringe immediately. Some of you would have cringed just hearing me say it, especially a white guy saying it. You know, but that cringe factor is from the beliefs you have attached to the word. Now, if I say that to a black guy who's super confident in himself and doesn't need validation from others, he might set a boundary with me, but he's not going to be offended. And the reason he won't be offended is because he doesn't attach any meaning about himself to that word. He doesn't see himself as a nigger. He doesn't have that negative attachment to it. It's only with the negative attachment that he can get offended by it. That doesn't mean I should go around calling people that, because that would be against my own values. But the understanding that if I'm going to set a boundary with someone, they get offended by me doing that. They're the ones getting offended. I have not offended them. Their beliefs offend them. 
when you say, you know, I'm going to stand up for myself. And someone's like, I can't believe you said that to me. Oh, you're such a terrible person. What they're really saying is, I'm too insecure to deal with this. And when you can hear that, you realize you don't really hurt someone. You can help them through this. You can say, you know, I noticed when I said that, you got you got really offended. How did you get yourself so offended? You can give them the responsibility back. You know, what beliefs do you have that led to you being offended? So well, you can't say stuff like that. Well, I did. It was said. So tell me why you weren't able to handle it. Tell me how sounds coming out of my mouth were able to harm you. Yeah, I always thought of you as a stronger person than that. What, what, are, what are we missing here? You don't have to be that provocative. I like to do that because I'm a coach. But the point being is you can't harm someone else. They can only harm themselves. You can try to. You can be a bastard if you want. Deliberately set out to harm someone with manipulative, emotional, whatever. You can say nasty things to them. But that's not boundary setting. Boundary setting is just saying, look, this is the truth as I see it. I'd like you to respect that truth or leave my life. That's it. You're just giving them options. And here's a key one. When you upset someone by confronting them, often it's because you expose the truth that they know about themselves, which is that they aren't living by their own values. And they lash out to avoid acknowledging this. Again, it's got nothing to do with you. So I might, uh, I, I remember seeing something like this. It wasn't a bad reaction, actually, but it was an interesting reaction. One of the first times I was practicing boundary setting, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stand up for what I believe in this week. Let's see what happens. You know, I was really nervous. I was working through all this nice guy stuff. And I was like, no, nah, confrontation's my monster that I have to deal with. I have to start standing up for myself. I was This whole week, I was like looking for these opportunities. And I walked into the lunchroom in the office. And there were people there and they were gossiping. They were gossiping about someone who had just left the building. A new person had come in to like get a tour of the building. These people waited for that person to leave. There was about six of them. And then they were just bagging them, you know, giving them the treatment behind their back. I was listening to this and I, was, I wasn't feeling good about it. I didn't like what I was hearing. And I felt like it was kind of wrong to say it. And then it occurred to me, this is one of those times. This is where I could set a boundary, you know. I was shitting myself. I was shitting myself. I said, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Everyone sort of looked at me like, what, what? I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be saying this if the person you're talking about was in the room. You know, so don't you think it's kind of, it's a bit unfair. Like, if you're going to say this stuff, maybe you should say it to them first, and then you can talk about it amongst each other. <laughs> and there was just this silence deathly silence and at first i thought wow here we go they're about to give me heaps of shit but then they all just started turning red one after the other like christmas lights they started just going red from the neck up later on when i reflected i realized what i was seeing was them recognizing their own failure to live by their values i had simply pointed out that they weren't living by their values somebody had started the gossip the rest had joined in and none of them were actually proud of themselves for doing that I simply pointed it out and said, hey, you're doing something you're not proud of right now. I didn't say those words, but my words had helped them realize that. And they all went bright red, and their reaction was so surprising. They're like, yeah, fair, fair enough, yeah, actually, yeah, geez, shouldn't be saying that. I walked out of there feeling like an absolute king. Because I realized in that confrontation, I had helped them. I'd helped them get back on track with their values. 
Now, it might have been as soon as I walked out of the room, they started talking shit about me. Maybe. It doesn't matter. I felt good about myself. I respected myself for doing that. I didn't need their respect. And I found, especially in that career, the more I respected myself, the better my career went. I went from promotion to promotion, high up into leadership roles, into big responsibility. And the whole time I had people giving me shit, calling me golden boy and kiss ass or whatever they came up with to define my success. But it didn't matter. I didn't need their respect. I had my own. So we're going to get into the how-to, but first I want to have a little look at how to know when. When do you need to initiate a confrontation? When do you need to set boundaries? And then we'll have a look at how to do it. One of the warning signs is that the other person changes in some significant way. So like an extrovert going quiet or an introvert becoming agitated, it's just kind of you're showing that seeing emotional distress. And when I say that this is a reason for initiating confrontation, it means that they're having a conflict about you right now and they might not have the tools needed to confront you. So one of the things you can do as a leader is guide them to confront you. You can say, hey, it looks like you got something on your mind. You know, it's like I can tell by the way you're acting right now, you're not happy with what I'm saying. Open up. Talk to me about it. I'm here. I'm listening. You know, it's a confrontation when we know it's going into a conflict. When your initial confrontation starts to shift away from the main point and becomes past grievances and button pushing. You know, well, this is just like the time back in 1973 when you left your purse at home. You know, this kind of way out of the topic thing where people just start trying to find a reason to score points against you. That's when you can realize that, you know, a boundary is being pushed here. Repetition of the same point over and over. If someone keeps repeating a point with you, if you keep repeating a point, it means a boundary is not set here. It means that a boundary is being disrespected continuously. Yeah. But the most important thing is understanding what it feels like to feel disrespected, to feel unsafe. There may be signs of aggression in you. You feel frustration and anger. You want to interrupt. You want to jump in. You want to push. You want to maybe even want to do violence. There's that feeling in you, that aggression. You want to win something. You want to dominate something. Or a defensive protective feeling. You're feeling unsafe. Find your body language closing up to protect your vital organs. You know, the fight or flight response, the kind of confusion and hesitation and doubt in your mind. These feelings tell you that a confrontation may need to occur. So anytime you're feeling like somebody has come into your zone and you don't like their presence there, that kind of invaded feeling, it's confrontation time. And what your brain will do in that moment is it'll start trying to talk you out of it. Now's not a good time. Oh, they've got a fair point. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. All that kind of bullshit your fear tells you when reality is you need to be standing up for yourself right now. doesn't matter if you get it wrong. You need to do it for your own level of self-respect. So how do we do this? The key value to setting and maintaining boundaries is honesty, and in particular, accuracy. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening thus far. You are listening to a free version of this podcast. The paid versions are exclusive to our Brojo members. 
Now, in the paid version, you get the end part of the podcast where I go into how-to practical advice to deal with the issues that were raised. And also, the members have access to the download function. So members can download the podcast to listen to later. Now, I don't expect anyone to pay for the content, so if you want to keep listening to the free stuff, you go right ahead. Um, You'll be able to stream it live online. And if you're interested in becoming a member and getting access not only to the, the advanced levels of the podcast, but also to the Brojo University online courses, which include things like the Nice Guy Recovery Program, how to find your and discover your core values, and how to build a social circle. Those all come with the Brojo University access for $19 a month. Just $19 a month and you can quit any time. If you're keen for that level of engagement, go to brojo.org. That's brojo.org and look up Brojo University. Otherwise, continue to enjoy all the free value that Brojo has to offer, and I'll catch you next time. I'll see you guys next time. Cheers.